You are listening to the Fear Film Studios Podcast Network. Don Fisher. See, I threw that in there. <laughs> Changing it up, man. Changing it up. I love it. I'm crying. That's right. That's right. You know, I didn't co-host. get permission. I just threw it right in. See, that's good. I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> Even though so, sometimes I don't feel like I'm, you know, I, I, I just uh, not Whoops. worthy enough to, uh, I don't know. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I, I just like, how many times have I said, you know, I have a confession to make, I you know, know. so what, it's what like, is, you yeah. know. Do I deserve to be on this podcast? I think so. <laughs> but sometimes I wonder. But anyway, so. Come on. I know. Totally deserve to be on this podcast. I appreciate that, sir. I appreciate that. So how we doing? doing how good. was your weekend? That's good, you know. Same old crap, you know. You know, I, hear uh, you. I don't know how this came about, but I, I, was, I was thinking about you after I saw this oh. thing. Um, I, I saw this thing about John Candy, his life. And oh. I posted on Facebook at the ending of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. What a great. And they were talking about um, John Candy and how he was, you know, he's really funny, uh, great comedian, but he also uh. had, you know, he was very talented. He could, you know, play drama and all that stuff. And they were talking about his life and how he got started. And he was, you know, on Second City yep. in Canada. Yep. But they asked him to come down to Second City in Chicago. Okay. So he was working on the Second City stage, and you worked on the stage, too. I did. And I, I was did. like, wow, that's yeah. so great that, you know, you were on that same stage as John Candy and all those other great comedians. John Belushi. John Belushi. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. And it just made awesome. me just, like, miss Chicago so much. Because yeah. just, that is just amazing. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you watched a documentary? Yeah, it was a documentary about uh, John Candy's life, and it was um, oh, it was, it was great, but it was sad at the same time because he was just oh, what a great, unbelievable talent. Uh, yeah, uh, he didn't do any horror films, folks, but he was just <laughs> no. uh, he was just amazing. I know I'm off off uh, topic here, but uh, we Although usually do talk trains, about they 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 take a. Um, they dress him up as a devil. Remember when they're yes, yes. they're they driving do. the car? <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So there you go. That's probably as as horrific as he's gotten ever in film. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, no, he, I, I mean, it, it, like in the Great Outdoors, he was, he was talking about the bear, that bear story. Oh yeah, that absolutely. Was kinda, that was kind of scary. Oh yeah, that was. They were getting that, they were getting attacked book. by that bat inside. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. But anyway. <laughs> yeah so yeah i don't know i was uh, it was it was just uh an amazing thing if you um have been able to watch john candy's films i recommend all of them they're just amazing i do too and, i do um, too so 
I saw something on uh, well, my Facebook feed. Uh oh. They're doing a Silence of the Lambs TV series. Really? Didn't called they called Clarice? What was huh? called Clarice? So didn't they have like Hannibal Lecter? Like TV I series? Know if, I thought they I don't had know if they had a TV. They might it's like have Lecter or something. I don't know. Yeah, I can't but keep this up one's coming out. I think it's coming out later this year, and I just don't know how I feel about that. Who's in it? Anybody? I don't even. Big? I didn't okay. recognize her. Yeah. I just don't see anybody playing it other than Jodie Foster. I'm just, I don't know, Rob. I just. Yeah, and it's true. I mean, she was really. She was yeah, fantastic. and how you going to, you know, and I just, you're not going to replace Anthony Hopkins. And I just, I don't know. Well, you know, there was a movie called uh, Manhunter. I don't know if yes. you've ever seen that. Yes, I remember that. And the gentleman that. that played Hannibal Lecter, I thought he was pretty good. And yeah, I, can't I can't remember, remember the actor's name. name but, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But that but yeah. was more, because uh, I read the book. Um and that was more like the book than okay, okay. Um, you know, because it was called Red Dragon, so they changed it to Manhunter because they didn't want people to think it was some kind of, I don't know, fantasy Chinese, movie. Well, yeah. yeah, like a Chinese fight movie or something. <laughs> right, know? right. But um, yeah, and that was directed by Michael Mann. It was really good. Uh, William Peter William Peterson's in it. Um, that's a really good movie. Uh, yeah, I like that. Did you like Cannibal? I did like Hannibal. I liked Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Um, I liked. I even liked when they redid it as called Red Dragon with. Um, I forget the guy's name, um, <clears throat> but they actually, you know, went more towards the book. It was called Red Dragon, and they. they had, oh, I think I remember. They that. had Anthony yeah. Hopkins as Lecter in it. So. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. It was good. It was good. And that was like a remake, or what was it? Well, <laughs> yeah, they went more towards the book, like Manhunter. Okay, so it was kind of okay. like a remake, but they, I guess they what they wanted to do was connect um, Anthony Hopkins because he played, you know, Hannibal so good in Silence right. of the Lamb. So they wanted to redo it, you know, with Red Dragon and just kind of have the whole thing work with Anthony Hopkins. I guess. Oh, that I was see. Okay, gotcha. Doing, so. Okay, okay, that was cool. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So I saw that come up. Uh, other than that, I don't think I've I'm trying to think if I watched anything. I don't think I did. Um, I've been did you watching. Watch I've been watching. I don't know why, but I got the inclination to watch the Scream series. Oh, so I watched all four movies. Wow. Which we're going to have to like do that in future podcasts. We'll have to talk about this series because I will never forget the first one. I'll never forget it either. I. So that in the that opening scene, and I yeah. went with my dad. I'll never forget it. Really, the, the two and I, the two of us went. Really, and that oh, that opening scene, yeah. holy cow! Yeah. That was just when like that first, oh my god. When that first came out, that I'll was so it. unique. Yeah, you know? and then they, um, you know, because they kind of integrated like, like you're a horror fan, and then they integrate that into the movie. You know, with, yeah, with trivia, right. You know, never like, say, you know, I'll be right back. Yeah, and, no. <laughs> you, you know, you never come back. It was and, just like, wow, this is oh, yeah, cool, all man. This is really yeah. cool. And, uh, oh, I loved it. I, I think I've seen them all. I'm pretty sure I have. Um, and then, yeah, you know, they're working I, I, had, on five, I hadn't seen so. them in a, in a while. And I, it's like, I have a love hate relationship with the series. It's like when I was, you know, younger, I liked it, and then I kind of grew out of it and said, oh, this is all stupid. And then later on, came back to it and was going, you know, these aren't bad. And, then and how I, did you feel this and time? And now when I watch them again, I really like them. I, I, they're fun. You know, they're they not perfect horror films, 
but they lay true to the fact that if you like slasher films, it's a lot of fun. And it had me guessing. I just I, I didn't have it all figured out. Yeah. And I, I, I like Nev Campbell and the yeah. chemistry between David Arquette and Courtney Cox. Oh yeah. Um Yeah. Well, I mean, Nev Campbell can't but you can't go wrong. <laughs> Come on. No. Uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that goes without saying. Yeah. And yeah. she's I mean, even in four, you know, she's a lot older. She yeah. still looks great. Wow. Yeah, and she's coming back for the fifth one. I know. She still looks well, you know, I'm really excited for that. I can't. Yeah. I can't wait, really. I After watching the series again, I'm like, yeah, I can't wait for five. It's going to be awesome. I think you would like Happy Death Day. Now, you keep telling me about that. Oh, my God, Rob. <laughs> and there's only two of them, so it's not going to take up too much of your Happy time. Happy Death Day. It's fantastic. I don't know, this man. I, I, maybe if I watch it, I just didn't. It didn't interest me when I first saw it. When I saw the trailer and all that, so I'm like, oh, is this crap? I loved it. You loved it. Oh. But you love Don't Breathe, so come on. Well, you know. That's the, I think that's the only one we've disagreed on thus far. And we're coming up on an anniversary here in March, Rob. Uh, and they're doing another one, too. Doing a remake. Yeah. Oh, no, a sequel. I'm sorry. A sequel, like, probably, you know, picks up when she's in California and all that. But, but did you hear what I said? We got an an, we got an anniversary, our what? first, what in March. It'll I be know. a year. A year, yeah. So, we have to do something special. Like an anniversary, I think we should. An anniversary show. Yeah. We got to pick a special movie or we something. We have to have some uh, people call in and. Yeah. Have a, like, I don't know. Be surprises or something. Yeah, there'll be some <laughs> some surprises, some some new things happening, and switch up maybe a little bit of the format. And who knows? Yeah, yeah who, who, who knows what we'll do? But it'll be it'll interesting be interesting. Well, hopefully, and entertaining too. So, <laughs> well, we I hope. hope it's entertaining. I don't I know. <laughs> I don't know if people are still listening. I don't know. I, I hope they are. Just, I know. hope we haven't lost anybody, <laughs> and hopefully, gained some people. So. I don't know, man. Who knows? We'll see. But I'm really looking forward to the second segment here because not only did I do my homework, but I did some extra credit too. Right? Uh, I did too. And did you? Yes. Um, and if nobody knows what we're talking about, and I don't know why they wouldn't, <laughs> uh, we're, we're talking about uh, this week, we're going to review the Texas Chainsaw Massacre directed by Toby Hooper. 1974. Is yes. it 74? Yeah. Yes, it is. Wow. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot. A lot to talk about for this oh. <laughs> That's why I'm thinking maybe we're gonna He's have like, to... well, let's get into this now. Oh, no, I'm just saying <laughs> I'm gonna I, I've got yeah, this film is ah man. It's just wonderful. And if people are just, you know, discovering our podcast and ha- have never listened to us before, uh mm-hmm. we usually open up when we just talk about random shit. And that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> Right, <laughs> movies yeah. that we've seen yeah, and you know. things coming so up and if, any news. If you're right, like, if you're like getting, it, you're like, we're, how come you're not talking about you know this movie? We we do that after the break, just yes. so you know. Right, and we probably should have you know been doing this like a long time ago. <laughs> what explaining <laughs> our little explaining what we do, but you know well. that's just what we do. We we do stuff like on spur of moment stuff, and that's what makes the podcast in- interesting. I, I think. would think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I wish I could. I haven't seen any of the. I know on our last uh, podcast, I 
mentioned some films that I wanted to see, like Girl, and there was a couple others. I just I haven't Girl. gotten a chance to watch them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and you haven't watched other than the Scream series, right? You haven't watched anything? No, I, that was really about it. I've been. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I just it took a while to watch all those movies. You know, oh, it's it does. four movies, man. Yeah. But I was yeah. like, I was hooked. Oh, those like, on Shutter. No, I had, I had, I had them all. I have. I've, you have them all. Yeah, I own those movies. Yeah. Oh wow! I just haven't watched okay. them in a long time. <laughs> oh okay. All right. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna. And watch them I too. discovered, and mm-hmm. people are gonna probably laugh at me. No. I have, I have this large collection of old Blu-rays. Okay. And they, some of them come with the digital copy. Yeah. And I never, you know, I never went and got the digital copies, even though all my films now that I own are on digital. Right. So I went through there and I'm like, oh shit, I have this movie and I can actually get it. I don't have to buy it again on digital because that's what I was oh. doing. Oh, I see. So I started, okay. you know, putting in the codes and getting all these digital moves. So I'm like, oh, wow, this is great. Expanding. So you did all that this so past I, weekend? So I did a lot of that. Yeah. Oh, uh, awesome. So so I'm like, well, now I got all these Blu-rays just sitting there. really <laughs> need them. That's awesome. You know, so I might start tossing those or, I don't know, sell them on eBay or something. Right. Yeah. But, Take them to like a resale but, you know, shop. I, 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 but I have to agree with people. You know, some people, you know, they still... Um, watch movies on VHS or DVD or Blu-ray, which a lot of people yeah. do. And they like to have the physical copy. It's kind of like, you know, collecting stuff and you want to have sure. a physical copy. Because some of them have some cool artwork. Some of them have, like, the insides or, you know, they have all this different well, information. Well, the bonus features. I don't think you're going to get that well, on no, the digital. You, you do get bonus features with, um, oh, you do? with the digital. Okay. They have a lot of the stuff that's on, on these. But, you know, like, but I have, like, a Blu-ray which it didn't have a digital copy of it of the Wolfman, but it's the director's cut, right? And the director's cut of the Wolfman is a completely different movie that was in the theaters, and I think is a ten thousand times better movie than it was in the theaters. And they don't have that on digital download. And they don't have it on digital. They have an un- unrated version, but it's not the director's cut because the director's cut completely turns the movie around. It is so oh, much sure. better. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I mean, it still has flaws, but it's. 10 times better than what was in the theaters because I was kind of disappointed with it. I really wanted to like that remake. Oh, um, yeah. Guillermo yeah. del Toro is great and uh, oh, Anthony yeah. Hopkins is in it. I mean, really, and the, you know, the makeups by Rick Baker. I mean, oh, wow. It's but you didn't like it. It was okay. You know, I didn't hate it, but I was like, there's something was missing. Then I saw the director's cut and I'm like, that's it. That's what they needed to do. Reincorporate the love story and it fucking works too. oh okay oh my god it okay works great so if you yeah. ever get a chance to see the director's cut of the wolfman the remake see it with I mean, anthony hopkins with anthony hopkins but it's gotta got be it. the director's cut and it's hard but to it's find. gotta be the director's cut it's hard okay. to find and i only found it on blu-ray and i they don't have it on digital which is which sucks but if you can find yeah the, if you can find the blu-ray with the director's cut pick it up it's awesome okay so we noted on that note we'll take a break all right all right, we'll and take we'll, a break. And we'll come back and we'll talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, <laughs> the classic. All right, we'll be back. Be right back. You are listening to the Fear Film Studios Podcast Network. Shall we begin? Good evening. 
My name is Alistair Kane. I'm a collector of rare objects. Most of the objects in my collection are from the occult and paranormal. Some are cursed. Others are haunted. Most are dangerous, especially in the wrong hands. One object has eluded me all my life. The Lost Journals of Dr. Crow. Dr. Crow was a priest, demonologist, and exorcist who confronted the most sinister demons to ever enter our realm. He mysteriously disappeared over 30 years ago without a trace. I believe that if I could find his journals, they may contain clues as to how or why he disappeared. So join me as I embark on a mysterious journey into the shadows of the night and the realms of demons. But only if you're brave enough to listen. <laughs> The Lost Journals, an original horror story, written and produced by Robert Massetti. You can listen to The Lost Journals on your favorite podcasting apps, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and now iHeartRadio. All part of the Fear Film Studios Podcast Network. And we're back from the Horror Vein bathroom break. And yes. <laughs> I'm, That's funny. I'm your host, Robert Massetti. And I'm your co-host, Don Fisher. <laughs> oh, my God. That is Guilty as charged. Chaos. So, chaos here at Horror right. Vein today. That's right. Good I Lord. Wasn't, I, hey, I knew how long the second segment was going to be, and I better, <laughs> probably like, I be better like, go now. <laughs> Because we're doing Texas Chainsaw, so I <laughs> better I just get it all. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. I'm gonna have yeah, to go oh, number yeah. one and number two. I mean, I just, mean, just let get it all go. Out. I even blew my nose. Blew, I mean, I gotta yeah. get all that. That's just right. Get it all That's out. Right. Get it all out. That's right. Because we're gonna be yeah. here for a while, folks. So I think put so. your feet up. You know, get some pillows and <laughs> that's and, right. And, and enjoy the ride. And, and, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a ride. It really is. Oh, this movie is just fan fucking tastic. Texas Chainsaw just... Massacre. Yes, oh, 1974, directed by Toby Hooper. Yes. Shot in Texas. Yes. In the most in the hottest in summer, summer in July. Yeah. In Texas probably yeah. they, I was because you said you did some extra stuff. I watched this documentary about the, credit. about the making yeah. of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and we'll get into that. After we discussed the movie, but was it called a family portrait? No. That's the one I watched. No, no. Okay, something else. But so because mine interviewed Jim Cedow, Ed Neal, Gunner. Yeah, mine and had, then, mine um, had everybody in it. Yeah. Okay. It had, uh, uh, and then the guy that played Grandpa, I can't remember his name. It escapes well, they, me. They right had uh, the girl, um, Marilyn Burns. Marilyn Burns was in it. Yeah, she was talking a lot about what was going on. Oh yeah, we can get. We're gonna get into that because mm. she mm. There's she a got lot. her ass beat. Yeah, and I mean, like lot. for real. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, she it was, was talking about that. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know because Jim Cedow talks about it. I mean, we can just get started with that right now because he was like, you know, I, I, yeah. and we're well, what the scene I'm referencing is, is the, broom, the um, right, right, right yeah. inside the the barbecue 
place, you know, gas station, barbecue place. Well, let, let's, um, let's go back. Let's or do you want to start? Let's, let's start at the beginning. Okay. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre takes place in... Um, Austin, in Austin, I Texas. Yeah. Um, the film opens with this long credit sequence and sets you up mm-hmm. with kind of like, oh, this had actually taken place. Right. It's talking about it's like news reports. Right. And mm-hmm. I love that beginning with the flashes and you see different, like, you've seen like body parts and oh yeah dismembered i don't know man you don't know what you're uh-huh, looking melted at. head you know yeah, like it's skin just, on you're like what the, like the fuck? i mean it just all of a sudden the movie opens up and just grabs you and you're like whoa 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 what's going and on the freaky music too yeah mm-hmm. and that and that the way the when the flash goes off it goes that oh yeah yeah oh yeah and you're like what the fuck? and then they yeah they go into the news thing and it they show the skull and it they do this you know dolly shot backwards yeah, they fade out. Re- revol- fade back. Revealing uh-huh. this, 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 I don't know, display of a dead person in the graveyard. And you're like, what? Their whole face this? melted and stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It, it's just like, you're like, okay. Yeah. I'm in for something here. <laughs> well, then it talks about, then the paragraph comes up and it talks about, it kind of previews what's going to happen. And they, you know, like, they, they come across. Well, you know, well, they, they don't even say what they come across, but they're like they they go through like one of the worst experiences in their lives, and well, it's like and, you're almost it, it sets you up to where you're 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 in Texas, and I I've never been to Texas, so I don't I, I don't know what to expect, but they kind of set you up that you're in like a different world almost because oh, everyone that they meet is a character of themselves. They're like really weird or have something messed oh, up yeah. with them. Uh-huh. You know, nothing's right in Texas, apparently, in this movie. <laughs> it, well, in the, at least in the area where they are. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, so. And then you have this group. And now you got to remember, 74. Um, well, it, it, it takes place 73, I guess, in the movie. It does. Yeah. And, and then they, it came out in, uh, no, so in 74. So you got to remember yeah. that in the 60s, um, you could travel across country hitchhiking. It would be oh, yeah. no problem. People pick you up. You won't have to worry. Oh, absolutely. It's too no much. question. But yeah. once you got into the seventies and after the Manson murders and all that shit, and um, the serial killer type thing was starting to come about, um, you know, it's son of Sam and all this other shit was going on. Oh yeah. And people were still hitchhiking, but they were kind of not doing it as much because the way the world at that time was starting to change. You had still had the Vietnam war going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really a volatile time in the seventies. You just, I'm just trying to set the, you know, the mood of what's happening. So yeah. the, the whole thing is like, you don't see this today where people are driving in a van and they see somebody inside the road and go, Hey, we should pick them up. You don't see that. Right. No, that's not, that's something that younger viewers, if they're watching horror films now would go, what right. the fuck? Why would right. they pick this guy up? Right. Back then you did. That's what they did. They're just really like did. back in the forties, everybody smoked. Right. You know, I mean, it was just, that was just what you did. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just, you know, you wore a fedora, you know, you, you think in a trench coat or a suit, suit and tie and you smoked, you know, you think of the rat pack and all <laughs> right. that in the forties and fifties. I mean, that's just what everybody did, you know? And like you said, in the sixties, people hitchhiked, they hitchhiked like to the, California. Y- y- and, right. And yeah. in, in the dialogue you hear, they're like, well, it's hot out. You know, this guy's going to, you know, 
probably burned to death or you yeah, know, yeah. something's going to happen right. to him. Pass so, out of heat exhaustion So people were actually concerned yeah. about other people at that time. Right. <laughs> Unlike today. Right. Um, so they picked yeah. this guy up. Well, yeah. either let's, let's backtrack. Okay. okay. Because even before that, you're like, okay, here we go. Just some random people driving through this town and then they get it. No. What I really liked is that there were some attachments to the area where they were. Right. Her father was buried in this cemetery. Right. Because, and then he right. owned the house right. that they went to. Not I'm not talking about the famous house where the family right. is. We're not there yet. But right. I'm talking about this abandoned house uh, where she lived, apparently. Well, and, um, and this is like, my it was, room. And, the yeah. reason was is that the, the graveyards were being robbed of skulls and body parts. Yeah. And people yeah. were concerned that their loved ones were right. missing from their graves. That's right. So that's, that's why right. they were going there. So, I mean, it, it made sense because they set everything up. Right, so which I love. It wasn't just some random group of friends yeah, driving, so, a, you know, in a van and so they all, all going, of a sudden. They weren't in a right. van driving to a cabin where there's a murderer. They had no clue what was going no on. No idea. They were innocent. No it was, it, I, I think, a much better setup and believable the way they I set up. And I think that, that there really, was a reason why they were there. Exactly. You know what and I'm it saying? wasn't like for that. some stupid reason. <laughs> Right. Other than like, oh, we're just gonna go to a cabin somewhere on the middle of nowhere and go party. No, right. Exactly. They were there with a purpose, and right, it made sense because they set it all up. Yeah, I just love that about that. That was just that was great. I you know? I had forgotten about that. I'd seen the movie a long I did too. time ago, and I was like, damn, that's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah, and there was a part in the uh, we'll get to it, of course, the famous the dinner scene. Mm. Um, but there was a part mm. in there that I totally just missed, and I'm like, oh my god, I never noticed that before. Oh. So we'll get to that. But but yeah, no, I just love how they set all that up, and then yeah. you know they, you know they they um we're not gonna obviously take this movie frame by you know <laughs> scene by scene, but but I love just things built upon each other. We might, no. we might but I just. I loved how, you know, they went to the the gas station where the, the barbecue was, where later, Sal, you know, yeah. Sally gets, you know, we'll talk about that. But they were, you know, and there's, oh, and, the, you know, Jim Seedow, the cook, he, you know, we're out of gas, you know, the tanker truck, mm-hmm. you know. So, the, and, okay, well, and, we'll just. And his, I don't know, his uh, his co-worker oh, has that something was wrong bizarre. with him. And oh, he, my he'd God. go up to the car and he'd be talking to him and, he, and the guy starts washing the windows. <sighs> I'm like, what and the then fuck? And then he stops, and yeah. then he goes and back, then he goes and back. then he stops. And like, what the hell is so it? I know, I all, love that. Everything's fucked up in Texas, apparently. Was... Again, where they are, yeah, I know, and, I know. And, the, and well, of course, then they pick up, you know, the hitchhiker um, and that by scene, Edwin Neal. That's, that's this, where we're going, and, yeah. And he's I... got this, this birthmark or something in his face, <sighs> and he plays that role. <sighs> I mean, it's probably... If he wasn't in that scene, it, it, it really wouldn't work because no. his, he was like so natural and everybody else seemed to be acting. But he, when they cut to him, you're like, what the fuck? You and just I couldn't can take tell your, you why. And you couldn't take your eyes off of him either because he would just I can tell you, you why you didn't know why, yeah. what he was going to do next. And, so in the documentary that I saw, okay. uh, they were whatever, I can't remember. It was in California or no, I don't remember that. Where, wherever they were. They were in Texas. Toby Hooper was <laughs> in Texas. Yeah. Maybe they, I don't know. But well, he, well, wherever they were holding auditions. Oh, okay. And uh, he, he was going to actually to this film. He was going to school at that college and somebody, oh, you're going to audition for, what are you talking about? What movie? He just kind of stumbled upon this audition and Toby brought him in. 
And uh, he says, can you play weird? <laughs> I said, yeah, I can play weird. I do weird really well. And he, <laughs> he started reading the script and he said, oh, my God, this is my nephew. This is my ne- he has a nephew yeah. in real life that's yeah. brain damaged right. and schizophrenic. Right. And he's like, I'll just play my nephew. And that's what he did. Wow. And he played and it, that's to, a, play and it he to played the it to the T. I mean, I got to tell you, that is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Head cheese. Because it's just <laughs> a cheese? character study. That, that, I'm telling you, that whole, like you said, he plays it to a T. The character he plays, and I know he's pulling from, you know, like how his nephew is and everything. He's pulling from another person to get the, the you know, the character, but. It, it, he is just it's truly, masterful. Yeah, it's truly oh a masterful performance because it engages you so much because the guy in the wheelchair is so freaking annoying. He but, is, but that's a great character. But it is. It is. It, and that's the dynamic. It really works. You got it, that dynamic right. in the car really works. And then you add Edwin Neal to the mix. <laughs> On top of the fact that you got the the guy in the wheelchair who's very annoying, he pulls out a pocket knife and is, you know, cleaning his nails with it. And you're like, oh shit, this isn't good. I know. <laughs> and I then know. when he takes the pocket knife from you, like, no, 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 don't, don't, no, don't, 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 don't give that to him. No, oh shit, you don't know what he's yep. gonna do. And yep. of course, everybody in, in the van <laughs> is reacting like that, going, oh no, why did you give him the pocket knife? Oh shit. Yeah, this guy is not self, part of you it. know self mutilation always you know creeps yeah. uh, at least it, you so know, it creeps and me I out. I think and that's why people will stop picking up people and hitchhiking <laughs> after so. they'd seen this movie because they're like, oh shit, what if they pick up Edwin Neal? Well, my favorite yeah. line in the movie is, "I think we just picked up Dracula," <laughs> and that's what Frank. Yeah, that's right. Says. I forgot about that. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite lines. I think in the we film. just but picked anyway, up Dracula. That was good. What I wanted to tell people, our listeners, is if we have any performers out there, yeah, if you want a character study, and I mean, you know, you think, oh, just plain weird, I can just do that, and it's really easy. It really is not. And if you want to study somebody and create a character, this is the per- this is the one. But this is this is the performance. What's that really you look at. what's really interesting, if you look at it as a as story wise, the scene really doesn't add anything to the story other than the fact that it's setting you up for everything that's going to start happening later on in the film. It does. Because none of the conversation or all this stuff that they're talking about has nothing to progress the story. It's other all, than, well, I mean, there's other a, than he does say, I live just up the road. Right, other than that. But I'm just saying, and like, if you remember in the dinner scene, he's like, oh, you had to, you had to, right. you had to be somewhere. You had to go right. somewhere real quick. Didn't exactly. You? Yeah. He brings it back. I love that little tie in. That right. was fantastic. But, but yeah, you're uh, right. It was other really that, setting you up for the rest of the movie. And the unpredictability, like when he starts self-mutilating himself and then he takes the picture and oh. <laughs> explodes it. God. And because uh, he's like, I want to wipes his blood on the side of the van. And, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. my God. And then he just, just starts going nuts on the side. And you're like, what the fuck, dude? Fantastic. Just fantastic. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, we're going to run out of gas. And you're like, motherfucker, I don't want to run out of gas in this area. I know, not here. <laughs> I know. I know. But, the, yeah. you know, they were naive. And then they go into this, they go to the house, and that's like the creepiest house. Ever. It is. Yeah. And I 
I I still don't know why they were there. What I guess they were just checking it out because they have nothing better to do. Well, they were trying to kill some time, I guess, to wait for the tanker truck to come back. Oh, and yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. That was her right. house where You're she right. grew up. And then I You're guess right. there was a creek nearby, and they were going to go skinny dipping. Right, and the creek's empty because it's And so it was high. all dried up, but they didn't <laughs> know that. But, yeah, I, so it wasn't like some random. It made sense to me. Yeah, I don't no, think there I was mean, anything in this film no. where I'm like, what the fuck? That didn't. Okay, that exactly. Make sense. And then the fact that they they like to hear something, they're like, oh, they, must, they might have gas. We don't have to wait for the tanker truck. So right. let's ask them if we can buy some gas. I mean, it's totally right. innocent. Right. And that's what's great. Um, I, you know, obviously I'd seen the movie before, but I can remember when I first saw it, you didn't know what was going was going on. You figure, no. you figure, well, you just, you know, maybe there's some, you kind of get a hint because you see the cars and you see different things. And, uh, oh, yeah. It when does, they it, start it does, coming upon the house. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. It, it's, it looks normal. So you're not, you know, don't know what to expect. Other than the fact that when he starts knocking, and because I'd seen it before, I'm like, why the fuck is he knocking? Get the fuck out of there. But I know. If you'd you never don't seen know. it, if you'd never seen it before, you're like, well, you know, I think the guy is he's over. Just is, it, why is he going help, inside? And he's like, you know, hey, hello, anybody here? You know, it's like, okay, okay, just get the fuck out. <laughs> well, and I think you, you talk about the 60s. I think back then it was more commonplace. It was a little bit more friendly. I think it was just more less locking but your doors, deadbolts, and all, did, you know it was just did, more. They did set it up at the gas station because he go because they he said where are you guys going? He's like, oh, we're going to this house. My uncle owned it. Yeah. And he's like, well, you don't need to be you know disturbing people. Like right. he was trying to get him out of there. Like maybe you shouldn't be going over there. I don't think that's a bad. I think that's a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah I think makes it more believable. Because when she runs back to the gas station after being attacked, you think he's a good guy. Right. Exactly right. There was no reason for her to fear the cook. Which is no. another turnaround. You're like, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when he gets but, the bag and the rope, and I'm like, holy oh, shit. Oh, jeez. Yeah, but, you just, it's just. But when the he goes into the house and he's trying to figure out, when um, Gunnar Hansen comes out for the first time. All that just. You were oh not expecting that. It's and, so and, quick. It's so it's yeah. so fast, and, and it, it's like out of nowhere. And the next thing you know, he's I mean, convulsing on the ground, blood everywhere. Yeah, you're like, what the fuck just happened? And then it's done. He it, slams the door, yeah. and it's done. I mean, Rob, yeah. it's like seconds, right? And, and, and I'm like, so what the hell just happened? So you're in shock. Yeah, the audience is in yeah. shock. Is it? They, there's no way you could predict. You happen. just don't see that coming. You don't see that coming. So for, there's no nothing setting that up. Nothing in it's a million so brutal years. Brutal and violent, right. and just like what the, but not bloody and and, so, and grotesque, but right. just like shocking. And that's the main you know? thing is like you know people coming into a movie like called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you're thinking like oh there's body parts, blood everywhere. There's there's minimal blood in the movie. Very minimal. Very and you minimal. don't really see really anything like graphic until like. Towards the end, when he he puts a chainsaw on his leg and you see it cut into his right. leg, but other than that, which I will talk about everything's implied, which is I think even more and you know makes the movie more intense and it better. does because you don't it really does. need to see him chopping off his head and everything. I I, I think your your imagination me, makes it more lively, which brings me to the hook scene. Yes, the hook scene. Yes, I because knew gonna, I you're going to talk in about the documentary. That. Ed Neal's like. I can't tell you how many people 
have said to me, oh yeah, when the hook goes through her and he's like, yeah, never does, but it, but it never does. Right. It's, oh yeah, it, it does. It's implied. It's implied. Right. Your mind completes the image right. is how he said it. And it's absolutely true. When you watch the scene, it's so well done and the, that you think yeah. you're seeing that, but you really aren't. Right. That's how well done because it is. Because most people are probably uh, closing their eyes because it's like, yeah. oh, you know what's going to happen. Oh, shit. Right. But and so then, they, mind, then Gunner explained how they right. did it. They, right. She had a pantyhose harness with right. a wire. Yeah. But yeah. the way and they she can pulled only that be off. Hung up there for like a minute or two. Oh, my and, God. <laughs> But it's so true, and and it, we've talked about this before. It's what you don't see. Yes, that's more terrifying. Right, and that all goes back to Psycho you know? and the shower scene where exactly you got everything right. that's implied, and people go, "Oh, I swear to God, I saw the knife go in her, and it never does." You never do, but it's implied, and that's I think great filmmaking, and especially on a on a movie like this, which they had very low budget. They were. I couldn't believe when I heard that they shot for 32 days straight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in 97, and they were learning by doing it. Even Edwin Neal was, right. even Edwin Neal's like, it's, it's almost documentary style because they yeah. were kind of learning as they were doing it. Well, and, and that's what I like about the film too. It, it does have a documentary feel. Yeah, it does. And you know, after, um, after the, the kid gets killed, the first kid that gets killed mm-hmm. and he slams the door and they go, uh, back outside to the girl on the swing set. Uh, and they have the shot where she's walking. There's a lot of shots of the girl's butts and stuff, which I, yeah, low angles. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But um, they didn't have, but the, it's all one continuous shot, but they didn't have the budget to do a steady cam shot. Plus the, the, the swing was very low. So they had to fit right. the camera underneath it. Right. So that's when they developed a very simple rig uh, to put the uh, the camera in the middle of a two po- two by four, and put two people on both ends and just pull it across that way, and it works fantastic because they had a wide angle lens, and That's awesome. it, and it looks like a a steady cam shot, and it wasn't. It was just like them with a board, and you know pulling because they didn't have any money for. They had no money for like extravagant and it was like camera moves. Stuff like when, that. When uh, like actors were fetching props and everybody mm. was like all hands on deck, you know, because during the the documentary I was watching, um, yeah. he was talking about that the the actor that played Grandpa. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was a young kid. Yeah, but he was like, you know, I was fetching props for Toby, yeah. and you yeah. know, we were all doing stuff. Well, the set they had, they had talked with the set designer, and they said that um, they needed, you know like bones and stuff like that for oh, yeah. the set. Oh yeah. And he was trying to, you know, build these, you know, the chairs and lamps with, you know, bones and stuff like that. And he actually used uh, animal bones because they said, um, most of the farms in the area, um, it, they, it costs money to take the carcasses. Um, the, you know, the, the, the city or the, the town would take the carcasses away, but they started charging for that. So then farmers oh, yeah. were like, well, this is going to be expensive. We'll just put them in a, a corner of their land and just let them, you know, disintegrate there. Decompose or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he yeah. was going around to these different farm areas where they had that and just pulling oh, bones that's out. that's awesome. Oh, my God. And he was making all this furniture because they based the story on Ed Gein. Right. You know, Ed Gein had made, um, you know, furniture out of actual body parts and stuff like that. And they and more skin mass. Well, their all face, that, all that stuff was from the yeah. real Ed Gein story. 
and they incorporated that into the movie and the yeah. set design and everything else. So, yeah, that's yeah. was part of the documentary too. Was that it's very hot in the house? Obviously, it didn't have air conditioning, and it's ninety seven oh. degrees in there, and it's. And, 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 like stuff 115, Ed, Ed, Ed yeah, Neal was saying. Yeah, decomposing, and animal parts are still part of the bone, so it stinks. Yeah. And people are throwing up on set because it's just too much, you know? Oh, and, yeah. Are we talking? Are we in, Are we going into the dinner scene? Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's part of where you go into the dinner scene, <laughs> yeah. We could go there now, but there's a few other things I wanted to talk about first. Sure, go ahead. So, yeah, I mean, they just... Um, going for realism you know i mean <laughs> when uh when marilyn burns was in the you know the barbecue shack um jim Seedow, that plays the cook was like you know i just i couldn't do it and they're like no hit her hit her yeah like, I, I just can't you know he had the broom and he was just tapping her with it and he's like no 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 hit her you know ed neal always would <laughs> he talked he would like impersonate toby hooper i guess he always yeah. smoked a cigar and had this yeah. low toned voice yeah it seems anyway, like you're, you're um, pulling your punches you got to really hit her yeah, and, and then Marilyn Burns was like, "No, come on, you go ahead, go ahead." So well, finally, they had did. they had a fake, they had a, a real broom, and they had a fake one. And okay. I guess they went back to the real one. Yeah, and he and really he started, got bruised yeah, up. Yeah. He said there was like they they did like eight takes, and he's yeah. like this poor girl, you know, she was getting bruised up, and they had to put some makeup on to cover up. Some well, that wasn't the and only then thing they were doing scene, to her too. I mean, I mean, they just oh, oh my God. she got. She yeah, a lot of stuff happened to her. Good lord! Anyway, the other scene, um, when the cook and the hitchhiker were fighting in front of the truck lights. Ah, yeah. Ed Neal is like, you know, there's they did a lot more. Uh, there was a lot more to that scene. He had like this wooden hardwood stick, and he was actually hitting me with it, like hitting yeah. me in the head, and I could feel like the crunching on my yeah. skull. And, uh, you know, all this dirt was coming up and that wasn't, in, you know, that was all real from the dirt road. And uh, he said, you know, that went on for a while and then they didn't even use the scene. <laughs> they cut it out of the movie. Yeah. But, you know, there was a lot more to that scene that you see. And um, so yeah, my well, point is yeah. they, they really actually used, you know, because Toby's like, no, 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 you know, and, and, and Neil was like, you know, I was a young actor. I was trying to, you know, do the best that I could for the role. And I'm you know, I was just. <laughs> I'm like he just like I just kind of went with it, you know. <laughs> like you know, nowadays you'd be like, uh, "Hold on." <laughs> so, but back then, you know, they just did that. So well, she um, was she was saying that when they they tied her up and they oh, put yeah. the the rag in her mouth. Yeah, they said that that was it wasn't like prepared. They just grabbed the rag off the floor, they didn't clean it or nothing, and they just shoved it in her mouth. Wow! And she was like, "Really, you guys?" couldn't put something that was clean in my they just wow. it was something they found on the floor oh my god and they stuffed it in her mouth so on top of that you know she is getting you know they're doing the scenes with her and uh, they're trying to get you know the grandfather to suck her finger with the blood on it and yeah. uh she's got this thing in her mouth and who knows where she has no idea where that rag was where it was you yeah know, where it had i didn't been. know that wow and, oh yeah she was telling all kinds of horror stories about <laughs> Wow. God, I'm like, oh, I felt so bad for her. You know, I did too. Because she was screaming to the top of her lungs. She must have gone hoarse a few times, I'm sure. Because, well, and they also another fun fact is that Gunnar Hansen, um, the outfit that he was wearing, um, because they didn't want to destroy it, you know, by getting it cleaned. Right. He actually wore that that suit throughout yep, the, the entire shoot. shoot, and he said he yep. is embarrassed to tell everybody, but he stunk. All and they would, they would do these scenes, and I mean, he just 
in especially the, the, the dinner scene, it stuck yeah. so bad that you know people were going outside and throwing up. And puking, yeah. Between that and, and the, the body sausages and everything, right. and then the bones stinking the bones in stinking. the next room. Right. And every, um, everyone's stinking because they're not. It's hot, and they didn't take showers, and right. they're wearing the same you know outfits for. <laughs> Ed so, Neal said they injected some of the sausages in the food with formaldehyde so they wouldn't explode. Yeah. Uh, well, also, um, one of the, I forget, somebody got accidentally injected with it. They were trying to inject something, um, and they oh accidentally God. injected some of the formaldehyde in, the, in their leg. And they were all worried that, uh, you know, something was going to happen because of that. Oh, my God. (laughs) Just unbelievable. And the dinner scene was, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, on top of the fact that, um, you know, like we said, this movie grabs you. Yeah, it really does. And and shakes you and is relentless going, we're going to take you somewhere you've never been. Yeah. And we're not going to let you go. That's right. And I, I, I tell you. Watching the scenes where she's running through the forest oh, and yeah. Gunner has that chainsaw going, you see the smoke coming out. And it's oh, a large gosh. portion of the, not a large portion, but it's a significant part of the movie where she's just running and oh, he's yeah. right behind her with that. Oh, I know. And it's just the way it's done and shot. I was just like in awe going, oh my God, that's so frightening. And he's so tall, and he wore cowboy and, and boots. He's with keeping up with her, heels. and you just and you just hear the sound yeah. of the chainsaw and the spoke coming out, and you're like, "Motherfucker!" I'd be, oh yeah, freaking out too. Oh yeah, totally yeah. freaking out. And she doesn't know where yeah. to go. You know, uh, there's no for no place for her to go. You know, she no. doesn't know the area. It's dark outside. It's not like it's her light. Her friend just got cha- you know like cut up right in front of her. Well, when the when Frank he comes left. out and he kills the guy in the in the wheelchair, which I was kind of like, yeah, but um. That's scary. It was like he just comes it out of is. nowhere and he's like, yeah. and you see him putting the chainsaw towards him, but you don't see it actually, you know, tearing him up. But the blood spattering all over the place. So you just kind of fill in the blanks. And I think that yeah. works great. I do too. And, um, so you don't need all the gore and everything. Just the. Oh, no, you really don't. Your, it's what you don't see. It just, it's just. It works so well. Yeah. But. <laughs> You know, and the lighting she, in those in those chase scenes with uh, the you know the blue moon and the uh, just and then she runs uh, and she she's running and she goes in, back into the house and she goes upstairs and she finds grandpa. the grandpa yeah. in the room and you're like what the fuck oh my and god and then they were talking about this they're talking about um they're like well it's kind of um, interesting that the entire family is all male so there had to be a female somewhere. And she was upstairs. And she was upstairs. She was the decomposing yeah. body in the chair. Yeah. That was the mother or the grandmother or whatever. Right. So that was yeah. the only female part of the family that you see, yeah. and she's already dead. But yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was just. And, and then she's going back down the stairs, and you're like, where the hell is she going to go? And I don't know. She jumped out of two windows. I know. That was just I know. amazing. I, I just like, oh, my God. Just crazy. Yeah. Nowhere to go. Yeah, I, no. Um, so, so after all that, she's running all over the place, and she finally makes it to the gas station. Right. And she's been, and the and the guy from the gas station comes out and goes, like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" And she's like freaking out. Of course, I would. Anybody would. Oh yeah. And you think, oh my god, actually, she yeah. could 
actually be saved now because the guy seems sane at the time and everything seems hunky-dory. And you're like, oh. And it actually, even though you know it's coming and I knew it, yeah, there's a sense of relief at that moment. There was. Because it's so movie so intense with that for a brief moment. Yeah. It, it, her being chased with that chainsaw is just unrelenting and her screaming and you're like, God, this is I just know. oh my God. I know. You don't know how to react to it. it, it it's just yeah. it's overpowering. And then you were like, Oh, okay. Okay. Now she's not screaming anymore. It's like she's calmed yep. down. And this guy's like, Oh, I'll, I'll get the truck, I'll take you, you know, we'll go and you know, we'll get help yep. and blah blah. And you're like, Okay. And she's calming down, and she's looking around. And you see the food, and you're like, "Oh, something's not right." <laughs> I know. It's just and he didn't comes feel back, right. And he's got a rope and a bag, and you're like, "What?" And he just reacts like she does. What the fuck? <laughs> I, know, I know, right? I thought you were helping me. What's going on? Here? I know. Yep. Now here we go again. Uh, yeah. Oh my and god. The, um, they were also saying that a lot of the movie was improvised. You know, they had a basic structure, but um, because they were learning by doing, yeah. uh, Toby was very free with the actors as far as letting them explore and try different things. And one another famous line from the movie, look what your brother did to the door. Yeah, that was ad libbed. Yeah. Jim Seedow made that up. Yeah. And it's like, you know, an iconic line from the film. And yeah. another um, actor's choice was. At the end of the film, when Ed Neal's chasing her, when she finally escapes mm-hmm. and she's running to the road, in the script it said, Hitchhiker grabs the girl. He's like, Well, would it be better if I just started taking swipes at her with my knife, you yeah. know, and just like making little cuts? Yeah. And and it worked wonderfully. And yeah. he that was totally his choice. And they left it in. You know, it's just that's it's a, stuff like that where, you know, it's crazy just, there was scene. just Oh, that scene's incredible. What, yeah, you know just, the, the thing is, is then and, and they talked about this. They it was right right after the dinner scene. Yeah, it was right after had, that she, um, she escapes. Yeah, not only was it hot because they were filming during the day, but they had drapes on the on the yeah, windows to make it look yep. like it was still night. Right. So it was that, it because was, the dinner scene was like twenty six hours. Right. They shot twenty six. Yeah, and the, the, right. some people even said it was longer than that. But yeah, they shot straight. 27 hours, no breaks, no nothing. They were shooting all the shit. And I'm like, that's fucking nuts, dude. That's nuts. Yeah. I mean, I like making movies that I understand, and I've done 14, maybe 16-hour shoots, but 20, I don't know. 20, it, it seems like a, too much. Yeah. And and I knew they had it because they had um, um, Jim Sauda S- 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 or whatever his name is. He Jim Sauda. Sauda was leaving, so they had to get all these shots. That's that's why they shot for so long. He had to, oh, I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, he had to leave. So they're like, "Really? Well, we're going to be doing this until we get it all done." And I everybody was all. Oh, in. he had another. He had another gig or something. Yeah, or? He, he had he had a con- he had contract obligations. He had to be somewhere else. And they're like, "This is the oh, last day I got know me." That. And oh, we got to wow. get all this shit done. And so ever the crew was in. They're like, "Well, it's gonna be a long night." Or a long day. Well, and that's why they put black curtains on the <laughs> right. windows because they shot they over shot a day, day, and then, they, they you know, you day and day. night, right. right? Right. So you had to you had it for continuity. Right. Yeah, make it. You know. So so she crashes through the window. So that scene when she crashed through the window towards the end after the um, dinner scene. 
Yeah. Um, they had her, they had a camera set up and they had a platform over the camera and she jumped from the platform onto the ground with the glass breaking. So it looked like she just came through the window. Yeah. And she hurt her ankle and she was worried about she was going to break her ankle and she didn't, but she hurt it. And the next shot is her running down the road with her being chased by Gunner and Neil and and she's limping. And that's why she, I mean, she actually hurt her ankle. That's why she's. Oh my God. Wow. (laughs) But that's that whole ending. That scene where she goes out to the road and the trucker comes and everybody gets run over and Gunner comes out with the, with the chainsaw and he's doing the side of the door and you're like, what the fuck? what's going on? And then the other people are involved in her nightmare, you know, and uh, then these cars come around, you're trying to get in the truck and get the fuck out of there. And you're like, God damn it. Gunner swinging the fucking. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's, it's chaos. And now I've got two uh, fun facts about that scene. Okay. The first one is when Ed Neal gets run over by the semi. Yeah. There's a scene that they cut out. So there's a scene that they shot with him actually laying on the ground with his cheek on the pavement. And okay. he said, you know what, you know, they talk about the Texas heat and, right. you know, you crack an egg on the, on the pavement and it starts cooking on the pavement. Well, that's what my skin was doing. Mm. He could hear his skin cooking on the pavement. Okay. And then they wanted to make it look like his jaw was broken. So they put this rock underneath his jaw and propped it up to make it look like it was broken. Okay. And then they started pouring caro syrup in his mouth. And then they didn't even use the scene. But he's like, you know, I didn't say anything. I was a young actor once again, and I just was going for the realism. But I should have said something. But I actually felt my, heard my skin cooking oh on the God. pavement. Yeah, and then they didn't even use the scene. Then when Gunner falls and the chainsaw lands on his leg, yeah. there's a metal sheath around his leg. Yeah. Then there's a, like a piece of meat and then a blood bag. Right. And at first they're like, okay, well, what we'll do is we'll, once you fall, then we'll have a crew member come up with a chainsaw. And now he's like, no, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. Cause he felt like, I don't know if I want to trust, you know, I'm going to take care of this. Yeah. So what they did first is they took the teeth off the chainsaw, but it wouldn't cut through his pants. So they put the teeth back on and they, they do the scene. It cut through, but the groan you hear was real because when the saw came down, it heated up the sheath so hot that it burned him. Mm. And he ends up, he yells at you, hear him go, yeah. and that's really him. That was not in the script. That was really him. Because basically, um, Leatherface was supposed to be, you know, first he was he was going to have some lines, right. but it just, it just didn't really work out. Mute. So they cut yeah. all that. Yeah. And then he has one groan when he kills one of the other kids um, yeah, when he comes when he, in. Yeah near the freezers and he yeah. just hits him with a hammer. Right. But in this other scene, that's really him groaning because it got so hot that it like burned his leg, but yeah. it didn't, at first he thought it like cut through. Right. And he even said some of the crew that were like standing around as they were filming, like they gasped because yeah. it looks so real. Like it went through, right. but it didn't. But yeah, I mean, it's just stuff like that where you just don't see it. I mean, obviously, you know, with technology and CGI and everything's so different nowadays. And I get that. I know, I know we've talked about this thousands of times, but, you know, Night of the Living Dead, Black Christmas, you know, all these old school films yeah. that are just, you know, 
had no budget and everybody's like a family like halloween you know they shot that in a month or a month and a half you know everybody's doing everything and the people's yep. first roles mm-hmm. and it's just they you know they're learning by doing you know how to even ed neal's like you know they spent like an hour or so four men gathered in a separate room talking about how this hammer was going to look the best coming down, you know, and hitting Marilyn Burns in the head, you know, how are they going to land and hit her in the head and fall in the bucket? Right. They, he's like four grown men are talking about this, like how does, you know, stuff like that, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I just, that's why I appreciate this movie so much is because I think it was groundbreaking. I think it was, there was a lot that hadn't been done before. I think a lot about very similarly to night of the living dead and Halloween. It's like, you know, we had no budget, hardly, you know, this, you know, I don't know how much Toby had done before this, but I don't think he'd done that much. He did one movie and, before this. <clears throat> okay. And, you know, it's just people it was, were in it and they were going for the realism. It you know? was and I actually just, the, um, one of the first, uh, films in Texas, independent films in Texas. Okay. And Toby had made uh, a movie before that. So he was a known he was like one of the only known independent filmmakers in texas when he started doing texas chainsaw massacre okay and that wasn't even the original title no it was uh what was it it was i think it was called they had a couple of titles it was when they were shooting it was called leatherface leatherface yeah. yeah and then they changed it later but yeah yeah like everybody in texas that was in the independent film community heard about it and they wanted to be a part of it and, yeah. um, and that's, you know, th- those are the people that are dedicated. They want to be part of it. And, uh, they didn't think it was going to go anywhere or do anything. No, <laughs> but I love when the documentary Gunner was talking about how, you know, just that very, what you just said, you know, we didn't think it was going to go anywhere. We didn't even know if we were even going to see it on the big screen, but the day I knew it was gonna, you know, the impact this had on horror fans and that it was going to go somewhere was I uh, I was dating this girl at the time. I took her over to some of the filming locations, including the house. And while we were there, this other car pulled up and some teenagers got out. And I overheard one one of the teenagers saying, yeah, that's that's where they filmed that movie. There's the house. That's where they filmed Texas Chain. And he's like, wow. Yeah. That's when I really knew. You know, people are going out of their way to visit the filming locations like I, when I want to fly, you know, someday I want to fly out to Philadelphia and go to the cemetery where they film night of living dead in Evans city. You know, people do that. Yeah. When a, when a movie has that much of an impact on you, makes that much of an impression on you that you want to get in your car or in a plane and go to the, you know, to these places, (laughs) you know, some of these places don't exist anymore, but um, you know, the house has been turned into something else. I don't think they turned they, I think it's a restaurant. It's a now. restaurant now. Yeah. And the the barbecue shack is something else now too. I think that's still there too, but it's obviously something else. But you can actually go to these, you know, filming locations. You know right. where they filmed the movie. And um, like I said, I want to go to the cemetery, and I want they, the chapel's still there where they film night. And um, but yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you know it it's just it's so good and it makes that much of an impression on you. And, and you just, you're so enamored with the film as a horror fan, but it, the, the, because it does everything right. Well, th- you know, no, and no, I just, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just, it's just, it's, it stood the test of time because it's just, they took the time. They thought things through. 
you know, people suffered. You want to talk about suffered for your art, but they could you know, only they didn't do take that. The, they didn't take the cheat. The, 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 you know what I mean? They didn't take shortcuts. They go, well, well, we'll take a chance. They could we'll, only we'll do that because your... it was independent. If that was a studio movie, they would have never had that kind of luxury. That's true. You're right. But they, but, you know, only had $60,000. That wasn't a lot of money back then. That's not a lot right. of money now. I mean, for a that's movie. right. And that's why they were afraid to do certain things because we couldn't replace certain things. Like Gunnar was saying, they couldn't replace my suit or my shirt. God right. forbid something were to happen. Right. You know, they just, we just didn't and have the budget to do all that's that. That's why with, they shot seven days a week because they couldn't right. afford, they, yeah. they were renting the equipment. So they was like, this is the only way to save money. Let's get <laughs> yeah. the most out of it. Right. You know. And, and see, I think from, from that comes creativity comes just ingenuity comes just more realism you know what i mean like it just has more of a like you like we talked about a documentary feel and you just it's just well you, you know the, i don't know there's just something to be said about you know okay well i don't have the budget for this so we're just gonna have to you know what i'm saying and everybody's in you know and it just and people were kind of like you know well i guess what i'm trying to say is like you want to talk about realism Ed Neal's like, you know, we were getting on each other's nerves, you know, I mean, we we're just so some of the reactions were like natural because of just the circumstances, sure. the oppressive heat, right. the stench, right. the smell of your other actors, right. you know, the smell of the, you know, the, the bones in the other. It's like, you know, some of this stuff was just like you know, we weren't acting. This was like. Oh my God! You know, the, the, I don't know. That film, to me, that's why it's just yeah. There, there's no, I, there isn't anything bright in the film except for the shorts on the girls. Yeah, um, it is a dark, bleak, ugly movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. and it and it, e even though I'd seen it before, when I watched it again, it had such a grip on me. Oh yeah. And then when the movie was over, it was kind of like a such a relief because it is relentless. I it is have never is. seen a movie, and that's why it was made so much money. That grabs you and shoves your face in this oh, yeah. just terror yeah. and ugliness. There is no bright spot in the film. There is no happy ending. Um no. Well, the the girl survives, but she is a complete mess yeah she's never going to be the same you know she's going to be traumatized you, you, for life yeah i mean you can just tell that she got away but, but her life the has changed funny forever. thing is the so, funny it's not funny but yeah. the funny thing is is that that end shot um they had shot shot it and for whatever reason they didn't get what they wanted and they had to call her back and do that scene over and she's wow. like, "Are you kidding me? I have to get all full of blood again and all this yeah, other crap." Yeah, she was covered. She yeah. was her hair was stained for like months from the yeah, caro yeah. syrup and everything else. So oh, she yeah. had to do that all over. And she said that when you see me going, ah, she goes, "That's how I felt because I didn't want to redo that shot. She didn't wow. want to do it at all. I didn't so know that. They had wow. her do that scene, and she was like, "I don't fucking want to do it. I'm done. I'm over. I'm done with this movie." These people were so, I mean, it was a, a month of hell for everybody. Yeah, it really was. And the film is, is kind of like living in that hell, too. You, you know, you experience it in the film, what they, went, they, what they went through making the movie. You really feel it. You really do. And you, you believe really it. And her reaction in that car is everlasting in your brain, even after the movie's done. And you're like, oh, yeah. What did I just watch? What? Oh, yeah. 
is this all about? It there it, it's just I'm, now I'm gonna what? ask you something. I'm yeah. gonna put you on the spot. Okay. What do you think sets this movie apart from because you're gonna I'm sure you'll have listeners thinking or feeling like, well, we've seen chainsaw movies before, we've seen chase scenes before, we've seen know girls getting stalked before and you know and they come across this you know i don't i mean i don't want to say you know like you you know you think of it like a wrong turn or you know there's some similarities with movies today oh yeah and i know we've talked about this in the past house of a thousand corpses is is a direct ripoff yes texas chainsaw massacre and doesn't even have the even slightest impact that texas chainsaw massacre has well no side note, happened. I like I like Devil's Rejects better than. Well, House, I'm just saying, we, like we can talk about that later. But, but I'm yeah. just saying that if you look at the House of a Thousand Corpses, there's a lot of similarities, but it doesn't just have the impact. And why, you know, in in so many words or less, how what do you how do you feel this set is set apart from? Well, one, uh, you could tell. I think I, I'm not positive on what they shot on. I I'm assuming that it was kind of like a 16 millimeter. And there's something about 16 millimeter film and the graininess and the and the muddiness of the colors. Um, the there's a lot of earth tones and the documentary feel and the set pieces of there's not a lot of dialogue and when there is, you got such chaos going on that it doesn't matter what they're saying. Um, it you are it, it just it, everything's believable and it works yeah. and it's just unrelenting. And you haven't, yeah. and you, and I still have not seen a movie come even close to this in its intensity, realism, and that just that, like I said, that the scene in the in the van sets you up for everything. Yeah, and, yeah. And if I'm just saying, if Edwin Neal's performance wasn't spot on, it, it would something not, would be lacking. It would yeah, just it, wouldn't it would work. Be- yeah, I agree. He was. I mean, it would it would still be intense, but I I just like it just everything such up just from, like the opening shot where you see the the armadillo upside down. Right. I mean, it's just. Like, well, I f- think you need the contrast because Gunner doesn't speak, Grandpa doesn't speak, so you're only two, you know, of the family that speak are the hitchhiker and the cook. There's no. And there's no. Hero that you could latch on to. You're you're rooting for these people because they're in a desperate situation, and you're throughout the entire film, you're going, "What the hell would I do in that situation?" Probably the same damn thing. What? There's nothing you can do. You are stuck in a situation where it's they could kill you at any second, and she's the last one, and they've killed people, and you're like, and they don't have no remorse. There's no sympathy from anybody. Right. Right. Keep in mind, this is also like 74. There's no cell phones. Right. You know, right. even when she asked to call the police in the in the barbecue he's like, shack, he's like, there's no phone. phone. Right. You know, and you believe that because it's 1974. I mean, that's totally, I could believe that. And even and if that he might not did have a phone call, there, it probably you know? would take hours for a police oh, officer for to somebody show up. to come. Sure. Absolutely. Because they're probably um, in farmland and there's probably one sheriff in the whole entire town. But, you know. <laughs> and, and, and I know we've talked about this before, but I think also what really helps this film is that you care about the characters. There's there there's just they're well, different characters. Yeah, you latch on to her 
Um, and, but, and this really was the first time that um, there was a female character that survived and was fighting. And she yeah. really couldn't fight that much because she was up in against incredible odds. I mean, she didn't have right, a, and tied up for like this some big, of, huge you know, guy with a fucking and, chainsaw. What are you supposed to do right. against him? You got no, yeah. there's no right. gun, um, any no. weapons that she has. She has no chance no. against that. No. Right. There, there is no. And, it's very bleak. Yeah. There is, there isn't any hope in the film. <laughs> right. She survives, but she still loses. You know, because yeah. she yeah, is just dark. fucked up. I mean, yeah. it, and that would drive anybody crazy. The which which all of her through. friends are dead. Yeah. You know, and she's. I mean, yeah, it's just the, it's brutal. The scene it really where is. she's tied up to the chair and the old man sucking her fingers of blood, and they're all laughing. I mean, that's just. You're like, what yeah, the it's, fuck? That's yeah, it's just very sick. twisted. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. And then when um they go into in, in in the room and the they got the freezers and the body pops up and oh, he, yeah. and he turns and there's Gunner and he slaps him down with the sledgehammer. Oh yeah. What the fuck? And then yeah. it's very quick. He and, runs yeah, he runs to the window and he's looking going, How many other people are coming? He's he, right. and that's why he's holding his head. He's like, I can't have any more people coming here. What the fuck's going on? Why he's never right. encountered this many people in his whole entire life. Right. Other than his family, <laughs> right? right. I mean, it's just so believable, and the way the the um, art direction in the film and the the bones, and, and when she falls into that living room with the oh, that with was the great. feathers everywhere, and you're like, "What the fuck?" And all the oh yeah, I think they oh, yeah. they linger a little bit too long with all the shots. But, I think they do a little bit too long, but, but she's so shocked by what she sees. It's shocking, that, and I understand what they're doing, but yeah, I do it's too. like oh. That's just fucked up. You know, the chicken's yeah. in the cage and you're oh, yeah. like, what? <laughs> this is not right. Nothing's nothing is right in the film. And yeah. everything is is believable um, with all the crazy people. If you didn't have the crazy people being so believable. I yeah, mean, I, I, I mean, you look at the regular um, folk in the film that are supposedly sane. Those are probably the, the worst performances in the entire movie. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Didn't bother me because you had the annoying guy in the chair. I mean, he was so annoying. Oh my god! But but it was perfect. But it, it set every, it set everything up because you're annoyed and you're like, okay, even the normal people are annoying and they're not crazy. And just like everyone that they meet is crazy in that area. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, gotta get the fuck out of here. But then they don't have enough gas to get out. And you're like, that's no. that's just so real. It's like. What do you do in that situation? You can't call for help. There's no phones. You are in a unwinnable yeah, situation. Yeah, absolutely. and that's why I think the film works so much. And you don't see that anymore in horror films. They, and why not? They try. Right? They try. Why not? Nobody wants to take a chance. I don't think. You know, again, you have to make that intensity. And I don't think filmmakers today are going to push a, a crew like that anymore. And I don't okay. think a crew is going to stand for it. Well, do you think technology is taking some of that and away? Technology is taking a lot okay. of the, the creativity away. Okay. Because I think filmmakers are relying on technology. They go, oh, yeah, well, in post, we'll put in blood, this digital blood. And, you know, we're not going to try to do this, this, and that, and that, the, you know. Okay. It's, it's like, okay, let's try to mimic films like this instead of trying to make your own, you know, your, let's make your own movie and set your own 
you know, mark in the horror genre. No one's going after that anymore. Now filmmakers are making movies just to emulate, oh, I want to make a movie like Friday the 13th. Oh, I want to make a movie like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, I want to make a movie like Halloween. And we've touched on this. Nobody wants to set their own mark in the horror genre anymore. They're just like, well, you know, this movie, what's your movie about? Well, it's kind of like Halloween and Nightmare Before Elm Street. There is no, okay, I've never seen anything like this before. Now you got a movie, and 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 they were talking with Toby Hooper about this. They um they came up with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and everyone was like, "That's gonna keep people away from seeing the film." He's like, "No, right?" He's like, "No, that's exactly what you're gonna put a name like that on a film. People are gonna want to go see it. You know, what's this movie about?" And the movie no. and the title lives up to the movie. Oh, it does. Because no one's seen anything like this before in 1974 when this movie came out. Right. And it's still, to this day, just as gripping as it was back then. I think so. Um, do you think um, Do you think everything's been done and there's just nothing left? Like, no. oh, this has been done. So do you think there's no. plenty of room for filmmakers to make their mark, like you said, Absolutely. and do something original. Absolutely. And something that somebody has never seen before. You think yeah. that's still out there. Absolutely. Okay. Because okay. a lot's look, been if, done. If you look at Chainsaw I mean, if you look at Chainsaw Massacre, it's like every horror you've seen a thousand horror films are just like a, you know, people in a van or a car going right. to like I said, going to a a cabin and there's a killer. Technically, this is what this movie is. But look what they did. Look at how they approached it. Look at how the script is. Look at how the acting is. Yeah. And you, when you bring in crazy into a film and it's done well, it adds a certain level to it. It if does. That's what you're trying to accomplish. Which is not easy to do. Now, this movie isn't my... I opinion. don't like these type of movies, personally. I, I just don't like slasher movies like this. They don't interest me. And when I first saw the film, I didn't like it because the filmmakers say this too. They're like, either you hate it or you love it. Yeah. And I didn't like it when I first saw it because it was just, it was exhausting. It's an exhausting film to watch. It is. With her screaming, you're like, when is she going to stop? God damn. It it is. But that's real. But it it is. No, totally. I mean, she'd be doing that. Absolutely. 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 But it's, it gets on your nerves after a while. But when I watched it, you know, just now, um, I was like, man, it just works. You know, it works on so many levels. And I think, it again, it has to do with the time. Because the, se- I, I the 70s too. and everything that's I going on, that like too. I said, with the hitchhiking, you can't get that today. You know, and everything's more technological now. So you can't get that. It has to plays on isolation. That's why the thing works so well. Plays I on agree. that isolation and you go back to the basics where it's just... It's just like, you know, the hunter against the hunted, you know, they're right. They're seen by these people as meat. Well, as and the, I think and, and animals, they're really just animals. And it whole yeah. whole film is about animals. And that's what, you know, and they set everything up with the slaughterhouse and he keeps talking about, oh, yeah, oh, yeah hit, you know, yeah, how they, the how and, they, hit, oh, yeah. they smash the, the cows in the head, sets up everything right. in the film. That's why I said everything in the van sets up the entire film. It does. So where you got this, they're they're driving along and they go, what's that smell? And it's all, oh, it's the slaughterhouse. And he's like, you know how they do all that stuff? And then uh, Ed O'Neill has pictures of oh, yeah, the, 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 the slaughtered, the slaughtered yeah. cows. In it. Oh, yeah. 
So oh, yeah. it it sets you. That's the setup, and that's the brilliance of the of the screenplay. Is it's basic, but it's setting you up to make well, you believe everything that's going to be coming up because. I don't know. It just works. <laughs> it just makes it work. No, it does. And and I guess what I wanted to say was nowadays you've got to be careful and you've got to account for so many more things to create that feel of isolation. Right. You know, there's okay, yeah, how do we that. disable the cell phones? Right. All right, well, how do we disable, you know, the GPS, you know, and how do we, you know, it's just there's so many things you have to account for but, to make it believable. But also and that um, I think is the problem. Well, yeah. I, and again, I, you know, filmmakers rely on the technology. So they're like, oh, we're going to do this really cool crane shot and and this dolly right. shot and stuff like that. Right. And, you know, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre has a couple shots where you're like, oh, that's cool. Um, but it doesn't rely on it. It's, no, you're, it doesn't. You're, it really is documenting no. what's happening. And yeah, the way is. stuff is shot in the, in the, um, the like when he, um, like one of the characters um, is walking um, through the forest to the house yeah and it's the sun's going down and they're shooting him with this low angle and it's a weird angle like you've never seen before yeah and it just it's i don't know i don't know but it just kind of it gives you a, a different feeling and it does oh, yeah. and it i don't know it's no just, i agree yeah a it's lot, the grittiness a and the and the yeah. ugliness of the film yeah. Where people try to emulate that, but they just don't capture because they're so concerned about, oh, let's put a blue gel on this and, you know, let's have a crane shot and let's rely on technology to tell the story where here they are, they just had camera and they're like trying to figure out how they're going to shoot this, you know, and tell You're the right. best story that they can. They weren't concerned about, oh, what's, we need to have a dolly in this shot. Oh, we need to have a crane shot come in. It, th those shots don't care. It's like... Hitchcock could have done this movie and not, it wouldn't have worked because he was, you know, he wouldn't have done such a gritty movie. I mean, he's a different type of filmmaker. Here, right. here you got Toby Hooper who was taking, <laughs> it's not like he didn't care about his crew, but he was more concerned about getting the movie done. And right. he had, and it was just him trying to get the movie done. Yeah. And he just did everything in his power to get it done. Yeah. And if he had to hit a, uh, a actress with a real broom, yeah, let's do it. Make it look real. I'm not going to sit there and and try to baby try to figure it. out a different way. And right. like, oh wow, that looks like a rubber handle, you know. And even in the car, you know, she's in in the bag tied up in in the thing, and he's he's poking her, and he's oh, like, he he's going in yeah. from, oh, I'm a regular person to I'm crazy. Uh, yeah, and I'll, 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 we'll call somebody. We'll, we'll be okay. Everything's going to be fine. Ooh, 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 ooth. You know, yeah, it's that. Yeah, I know. It's that just, turn yeah. on a dime, and that is that character study that you see, and that's what I'm saying. It's like the characters are rich. They are. They really are. And it's like you, ha are. you hate them so much that they're interesting to watch. And they're very different. They're different, yes. You know, Ed Neal's different from the cook. You don't, you don't see and the these regular. Different like, from you, you know. Yeah. Where, tell you me, just, tell me another horror film where you see so many weirdos. You know. Well, there's weirdos, but you know, like like zombies. You know, house and and I liked those characters. I liked Captain Spaulding. I liked Baby. I liked. Um, but you know, my point is, is that I mean, the rawness, and that's what where Night of the Living Dead comes in. Yeah. Is Night of the Living Dead had that raw part to it it did 
It did. Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre has that. Um, they really Halloween's does. a little bit more polished. But but do you attribute but, it to it for its time or do you? No, no, no. It, it has to... nothing to do with the time. But it was it, it that is a story that actually where Carpenter came in and made it made it work, and okay. a rawness to that film might have worked with a different director. But I don't know if it would have worked as well. It, it all depends on the story, right? And um, like I said, you've seen a so million. You feel you feel we could we could have a modern day film with this similar type of feel sure absolutely okay it okay. would have to again probably be set in the 70s <laughs> i know you couldn't set it modern day like you said you'd have to get rid of the cell phones and all that although that would be interesting and there i don't see there wouldn't be a way but i think if filmmakers got rid of thinking about the technology and just made a just concentrated on making a movie like all they were concerned about was the script and trying to shoot it. That's You're like, right. I don't know. Well, and if they, I, came, I they into, had a stumbling block, they'd right. work through it and figure I, it I out. I run into and... the filmmakers all the time. They're like, oh, yeah, we're using this camera and uh, we, we, you know, we got these dollies and we got all this. We got steady cams and all this shit. They didn't have that, but they had the camera moving. And they found yeah, they a way. Did. And they put the camera on, a, a, on the same thing that they did in Evil Dead. They put the camera in the middle of a two by four and they ran with it. And they get wow. this really cool. You know, shot that didn't cost them anything, but the two by four. You know, that's, that's right. innovative filmmaking. That's on the fly. They weren't. That's right. They weren't concerned about. You know, uh, they were just they were concerned about the story and telling the story. Not it's, so much of yeah. Not not gotcha. the technology behind making movies. Gotcha. I mean, if you look at yeah. all the older movies, are like that. Look like Nosferatu and um, the Cabin of Doctor Caligari. There's a rawness to it. Because they're yeah. just presenting the story, and they add yeah. these certain things. And like I said, the uh, production design of everything that looks in the film, it's its realistic. It's shot in a real house. It's not a set. Yeah. Love that. You know, the locations are, are creepy. Just, um, they're in a van, yeah. and it's so – you believe everything. You do. So you really do. That's my yeah. thing. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I agree wholeheartedly. I just – yeah, I can't say enough. I just, there's just this part of me that feels like, well, you know, we've advanced so much now that, you know, we can't. Any, get anything's that feel. possible. I just but think. I think anything is possible. I, just I, think, I agree with I you. I just think I filmmakers do. need to come at movies, especially horror films now. Everyone's trying right. so hard now to make a movie like Texture Chainsaw Massacre. Let's make a movie like Friday the 13th. Let's make a movie like, like Halloween. Forget that. Come at. Find, try Make to your find, own movie. Try to yeah. find a movie or, or a story that's original. Even if it's been done before, you got to come at it differently. Make it better. I'm not right. tr not try to make another movie that's already right. been done. That's all I'm saying. And it's hard because everything's really been done. But that's, that's what I was. That's what I was alluding to. Look at Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Basic story is like any other horror film you've seen a million times. Even though right. that, this was the original. This was the original. That's what I, that's my right. point. You know right. what I mean? It's like, I don't know. To me, you know, they set the bar so high with this film. It's like, I, you know, it's, I don't know. I mean, you got some it's filmmakers tough. that are, 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 are trying, um, you know, uh, even though I didn't like hereditary, if you look at why, how he was coming at things, that's different. Yeah. It just didn't work, but yeah. I give him credit for yeah. trying to attempt something like that. 
Um, no, I agree. I, I mean, Hereditary just came out in my head. I'm sure there's other films that I just can't think of, but right. I'm just saying that there are filmmakers that are trying, and there's a couple movies that I want to see, but the, again, uh, films are so polished now, and they're like, you know, they can get these different LUTs and get the colors right and all this other crap. You're right. Where right. here they're shooting on 16 millimeter, you can only get so much, and I don't think they were really concerned about the colors in the film. It's just that. Although some of the colors are wonderful. Like yeah. The blue they get the blue, and, the blue moon and all this other stuff. But uh, people, people don't watching the film. Don't remember that. They just remember Gunner chasing this girl with the smoke coming out of his, his, uh, I know, but a lot of that is like, it's lit blue and sure, you know, it's just sure. so dark. Sometimes you have a trouble seeing some of their faces, you know? And yeah. It's, and it's you just, know, when she's getting stuck in the branches, yeah. And he's cutting through it, and she's getting cut up, and you're like, oh, my oh, God. Yeah. It's just because she doesn't know where she's going, but you would do the same thing because you don't care. You're, like, trying to get away from this fucking trying man. Trying to get man. away. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, it's, it's just primal. The whole film's primal. It really is. <clears throat> yeah. So. No, it really is. So we can't recommend this movie enough to our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen it, um, uh, put this on your list because it's one of the greats. It's you, right you up there to, with Night of Living Dead. It's right up there with Halloween. You know, it's it's a classic. Even, it really even is. Even if you don't like this type of movie, you need to experience it to know what we're talking about. Yeah. And, and the success of the film. Absolutely. Um, and even uh, the character studies. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're a performer or you know, if you if you love you know, watching plays or, you know, looking at certain films for the, you know, the performances. I mean, this is some character study right here. I mean, there's some of this. It's, I would recommend uh, this to filmmakers to watch it and go. And filmmaking. Yeah. And just see how they did it. And you might get some ideas. Um, And you don't see this anymore. Right. You know, how they set everything up. Even the, like I said, that shot of the, the dead armadillo. Oh Yeah. And on the side of the road in the roadkill. And it's, just, you know, originally they wanted a dog. Um, and they yeah. went against it. They didn't want a dog there because people were like, oh, there's a dog there. Yeah, you know? that'd be too much. And they but... had shot a dead horse on the side of the road with flies all over it. And they decided not to use that footage. Yeah. And uh, the production designer found an actual armadillo and then um, taxidermied it. Okay. And then put it on the side of the road. Flipped it upside down. And yeah. shot it. And it just like yeah. tells you everything that you're in for in the film. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I say um, it is an important film if you're a horror fan, because it really changed the face of horror after this oh, film. Yeah. yeah. Um, the movie went on to make $30 million from a $60,000 budget. They ended up, wow. they ended up actually uh, having to get more money. Because they didn't have enough money to edit it, and wow. uh, and then it went up to about one hundred forty thousand total, Jeez. and uh, it went on to make. <laughs> but there's another story about um, the financing of, of this film and how people got ripped off, and uh, oh no, the mob was involved as a financer, and they lost. Oh my god! Yeah, oh my god! They they, they went in this in this documentary that I that I uh, saw. Um, you know, cause they couldn't afford to pay people and they gave him points on the film and Gunner was one of them. And he was saying, Oh, you know, the film's making millions and millions of dollars. We should be getting all kinds of big residual checks. And they ended up getting like $47 and, uh, the producers went and confronted the financing people and they turned out to be part of the mob 
and they're like, we wow. want to see your books. And the guy looked at him and said, I dare you to look at my books. Wow. So they got ripped off. <laughs> so they didn't make much money on it. No. They, uh, the, uh, that's a shame. The mob did, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. What a shame. Then they had to, they found out that, um, there was three companies involved in financing. So three companies owned the rights to it and they had to, then they had to go to court, trying to get all the rights back. And, oh, it was wow. a big mess. What a mess. What a mess. It was a big mess. Yeah. Wow. And they and went through the same thing when they did Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And they were talking about 2 and 3 and 4. And <laughs> yeah. Just, I just, you know what, we Rob, could go, There's I, another podcast about all that shit. And, uh, yeah, that's another podcast. God I, damn. It's just nuts. Yeah. Crazy. I'm just not interested. I love, I love, I love, uh, Hopper, Dennis Hopper, but I just, I, I, you know, it was more of a tongue in cheek and, um, it was more kind of a, more of a, I don't know, like a goofy type, they, you know, they asked Gunner to be in the sequels and Gunner was the, the, all they could pay him. And these were, you know, part two was a, a big budget movie. Yeah, I know. It was a Hollywood movie and they yeah. only offered Gunner scale and he's like, come on. Just you can't pay. He, he didn't say how much he wanted, but yeah, they couldn't. They didn't yeah. want to pay him what he wanted, yeah. and he de- declined. And they yeah. did that in in part three. They offered him, and he's they just offered scale, and he said, "Fuck that! I want this money. This is yeah. what I'm worth." And he never got it, so he was never a part of the sequels. Sequels, yeah. So, well, that's just I a just fun know. fact for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I don't know. I love the original, and I'm just yeah. It's. I don't know. It's a classic. Um, you need to see it. If you haven't seen it, uh, we spoiled everything for you. If you haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, we did. But, <laughs> but, um, it's a fantastic film. It just, it's really if you're a horror standalone. fan, you need to have it in your collection. Yeah, um, you do. It's got, not an easy movie like to three watch. Or four copies of it, so. <laughs> it's, it's not like a movie where you go, hey, what's, I want a feel good movie to watch. Let's watch Texas no, Chainsaw it's, Massacre. It's not, not a feel good movie, no, but. <laughs> You know, um, if you want something that's just gonna to it, like so, yeah, you just want to put yourself through um, hell one night, and uh, this is the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, but it's really, really, really worth it. It's, it's really it's, great. Yeah, it's it's a must see. It's I would put it up there with Psycho, like I said, Halloween. Um, well, it's, it's it, it, it is I, it is part of the you know. One, you know, great. If you list the uh, the greatest movies of uh, horror movies ever made, this is definitely on the list. Um, it's up there. It really is. Know, with yeah. Halloween, I can't and believe t- we uh, waited almost a year to review too uh, long to, to talk to about talk it. About it. Yeah. Like, yeah, we need a we need a Texas Chainsaw. What the hell? Yeah, man? yeah. So we finally so, did it, folks. Um, yeah, we, hope, we did. Hope it's you enjoyed can. it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Absolutely. Yeah. So and thanks always for listening, everyone. Um, yeah. And uh, really appreciate it. Drop us a line. Let us know how you're feeling, what you're thinking. Horrorvane.com, folks. Uh, Check us out. Uh, Leave us a message. And uh, we're here every Friday. Yes, we are. Listen to us. Keep, uh, you know, telling your friends about us. And, uh, of course, you know, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. uh, Five stars, maybe. Maybe. Hopefully. That'd be great. It helps us out. Help us out a lot if you do that. Yeah. And again, uh, thank you, Don, for uh, 
helping me out with this one and uh you know absolutely enjoy doing the podcast with you and all that shit me too it's been (laughs) it's been a blast looking forward to the all of our future recordings here so and then looking forward to our year anniversary i can't believe coming up in march yeah yeah that's crazy it's like feels like yesterday where you're texting me is like, Hey, I got an idea. <laughs> it's like, crazy. It seems like yesterday. So, I know. um, I can't believe it's going to be a year. So that's I can't believe uh, it either. looking forward to that. When you so said we'll that, I was like, Holy special. shit. That's right. Yeah. It's almost a year. Holy fuck. Yeah. We will mm-hmm. do something special for you guys. So we'll, we'll come we'll up plan, with something. We'll plan something. Uh, yeah. We'll come absolutely. up with something. So, uh, again, thanks folks for listening and we'll be here next Friday. I don't know what we're going to be doing next week, yeah, but we'll sure figure yet. that out. Yeah, we'll figure it out and we'll surprise you. So, thanks guys for listening. Always appreciate it. All right. And um, we'll we'll talk to you next week. Next week. See you soon. See you later. On Horror Band. You are listening to the Fear Film Studios Podcast Network.